How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. I'm sounding good this morning. I, I'm feeling great. We're on a new week, and uh, it's time to it's time to get back on to another episode. You feel great. You know who doesn't feel great? Running you? backs. Oh, no running backs. I thought you. I was going to say, I thought you felt great, too. We're coming, I feel good. Uh, we're, we're coming off. A great boys weekend. Uh, we'll discuss mm. a little more, you know, as we get into the episode and and uh, give you a recap on our one of my or not one of my favorite set, new segments, your favorite new segment. How bad did Noel beat AJ in golf this weekend? That's, you it's, know, that's that's it's, the recurring. Really, it's really becoming my favorite segment of the show. Oh, yes. So, that's why I mean, <laughs> that's why I said it was yours, but not really yeah. mine. But we'll talk about our uh, eventful Saturday and, 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 and some fun that we had and then. We will get into some news over the weekend. We finally got a DeAndre Hopkins signing. Of course, it comes the day before hey, episode. We, we wouldn't have had anything actually, you know, to talk about today. So we get to talk <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans. Very interesting. Very, very interesting to talk about there. Does that do anything to the Titans this year? Does it does it add some more no. wins to 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 a team that that we're kind of unsure about? So we'll talk about his impact nope. to the Titans there. Um, we'll also hey, talk that was a payday. Yeah, we'll also talk about the running backs. No extensions for Tony Pollard. No extension for Saquon Barkley. No oh. extension for Josh Jacobs. The dog days of running backs are here. This is this is rough. And Jonathan Taylor just tweeted. I just was scrolling through. One word to describe it. Wow. He just tweeted, wow. I don't, I don't think he's looking forward to his contract how, coming up either. How many running backs in college right now are going up to their coaches and be like, hey, uh, how about me moving me to wide receiver? Yeah, that, it, it may be something that's, that's coming too. Or or are we going to see a lot of running backs, you know, in college start to develop the receiving aspect of their game to be more of a McCaffrey, you know, player yeah. that they bring more value, you know, to their team. So we will, uh, it's definitely something that we're going to talk about and then look towards the future. Um, but we have sure. a lot to, uh, of other stories over the weekend to get into. So let's get into it. Let's run it. Um, before we get to those stories, I did say we would mention about our weekend. Um, we had yeah. the girls, the females out of the house, you know, it, that's yep. what, what else can you say? Saturdays are for the boys spent a little Saturday golf playing, uh, at our, at our home course actually it was the first time. in I think a year that I've played our home course, it's never in the best uh, condition actually looked <laughs> like a golf course though. When we played it, yep. it was pretty decent. Still, and, still, still too expensive for what they're, what they're right. You know, but that's, that's a different story there. Right. Yeah. But I seriously coming off, coming off one of my best nines that I've ever, if not the best nine I've ever played two weeks ago at an actual PGA course mm -hmm. in West Palm Beach, Florida. Then I come back to play Stony Brook East, which is just another course. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I played like shit. I played yep. terrible. I yep. played terrible. And, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter because once again, you come back with another great round in the eighties that, basically made me look like a fool to even think that I had a, a chance in the first place. I think there's three things that the, that the audience needs to know. One is I'm playing the best golf that I've ever played in my life. I mean, yeah. coming, I mean, the last two rounds have been my two best rounds ever. Number two, I think I intimidate you. Wow. I, I think that you cannot play with your father and not feel an immense pressure that you can't get over. I don't think that's, uh, that's it, a, but good try. Good try. I don't think that's it. Well, and, I don't know. And, maybe. 
And number three is thank God for the internet, man. I have been watching some serious swing videos on Instagram and on TikTok and everything else. Cause I guess once you get that algorithm, you get everyone, you know, mm. every single thing you could possibly much. think of. Mm -hmm. and, and now I, I, I feel like I have figured out the issue with my swing for the last like 30 years. And I'm hitting the ball as good as I've ever hit it. I mean, did you, have you ever seen me drive the ball like that that I did yesterday? I for for not even drive. And yes, the answer to that is well, the answer to that is no. But right. the answer to just your swing, it's a different swing. It doesn't yeah. look like when we used to. We used to go out and play golf, and I you'd have a good swing here and there. But then you know, a couple chop like like basically how I'm playing now is like the swing right. sometimes looks great, hitting the ball like crazy, and then it's like two foot choppers and I missed the ball whatever. Yep. And that's how you haven't done that. The last two times we played, I haven't seen you hit a bad shot. That's a missed shot like that. I've never seen you yep. do that. Yeah. I had one double bogey this entire round and that was on hole 17. I no. mean, I, oof, it was good. I shot a 41 on the front and I easily could have been a 39. It's, it's been impressive. So if that, if that wasn't impressive, you know, enough there, um, you know, I, I will still strive to, Strive away, buddy. Strive in, the, away. Uh, in the next couple of weeks and, and play a little better. But here, here's what I'm thinking. I might yep. head because I, I'm trying to take this serious. You know, if you're getting better, okay. I have to get better. I can't just de accept defeat, except that and you have you're nicer, better than me. And you, have, and you have a lot nicer, newer clubs than I do. So I'm thinking I do this. Okay. Over the next yeah. month, I head back to where I actually got these golf clubs at a place called Golf mm -hmm. Galaxy. Maybe I hit up, you know, the, the trainer that, that, position my clubs and got the right weights on them and the, and the right angle and readjust, you know, see what's going on, pick, have him, you know, play with my swing a little, maybe add a three wood to my bag, a new putter. And I may actually come within eight, 10, 10 strokes this time. Hey, listen, you lost by 19, two times ago <clears throat> on Saturday. And I don't know why I have no voice, but on Saturday, you lost by 14, and that was generous. That was yeah. without, without, without a few uh, extra little yeah. know, smacks so around we, the, we the course. We won't mention that. We won't mention that. But uh, I think you need to go back and, and adjust some things. Your, your swing is off. Very, very it's off. Just, it's just off. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's, 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 it's hard when, I, when I'm doing it and the swing feels right, but it, the outcome isn't good. That's my, that's my biggest frustration is I actually sure. feel like I'm swinging good. It's not like I feel something bad and then the outcome's just wrong. So I'll, I'll, I'll take, my, you know, take it upon myself to fix it. And then and, we, and we, will, can, uh, we, we can end this on, the, on one funny note. On hole one, after I drained, like, what was it, like a 30-foot putt for, for par? Yeah, I, I was trying to line you up appropriately for the, the putt. And you mm -hmm. looked at me like, oh, we're not doing this all day. Yeah. Stop. And then guess Just... what? And I sank the putt too. You did I sank the putt, putt on, on hole one. That's when I thought it was going good. And then it went you know, all bad from there. But anyway, yeah. golf, congrats. You did, you know, Thanks. Kill, kick my butt. We, we moved to poker on Saturday Ooh. night. We yes. moved to poker. Little, little different story there in terms of the poker poker match. You know, we'll yep. I'll skip to the end. Came in third, collected ten percent of the pot. Uh, you know, you were out in a, a little before me. I I thought I played very, very good with with some with some strategic, smart players in the mix. I was hap I was more than happy to come in third. Yes, I, I will give you kudos. You you 
Except for the stupid sunglasses you were wearing at the table <laughs> all night. In the, you know, I told but, you I was okay. going to do it. I told you, you I was going to do it. You did. We, we, we had 11 guys playing in a Texas Holden tournament. I came right. in fifth. You came in third. I was out of the money. You were in the money. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, what I thought you did really well was be very conservative. And then every once in a while, you push the pot. And we were like, oh, is he real this time? Is he not real? We couldn't, you know, you, yeah. you, we couldn't figure out your strategy, which probably made you even more dangerous. See, I like that. I like that because that's that's my whole, that's what I'm trying to do as, as I become a better poker player because I really am trying to become a better player and, and be more strategic with it. You know, yeah. I am trying to, the, the glasses were for fun. I'm not, I'm not going to wear glasses if we play again or just that. It was just the... Yeah. The mode that I was in uh, didn't want to sure. reveal the eyes uh, there, yeah. if, you, if you know what I mean. So I, I, I love that because I want to be the type of player where, you know, is he, is he bluffing? Is he not? Is he, why is he raising here? Why is he fold? He, he just folded the last 10 hands. You know, I yeah, like that. Guessing. So that's well, and, that's good to me. And I to did my a, job. And to put a flower on this puppy. Uh, what did we watch on Sunday morning just to, to Ooh, feel the to uh, cap it off to, rounders just, just to cap it we, off? Yeah, we, we ended up rounders. watching rounders, which was an excellent movie. I mean, yeah, prime prime Matt da uh, Matt Damon is like one of the best actors of all time. I yes. mean, when he when he was yeah. in his his groove, I don't know when when was that movie? Is that a 90s movie? Oh, definitely. Nine, 98. Yeah. I think. It, it, Matt Damon in the 90s. I mean, he he plays some of those main characters so well. So great. Movie. Well, and John Malkovich playing yep. Teddy KGB, the Russian mm -hmm. mafia guy and uh, Ed Norton Jr. If you haven't Ed, Ed watched Nor it, and you love Ed Norton Jr. is very a, underrated it's actor. It's a as great well. movie. I liked I like them movie. two together. Great movie. Um, and that and that capped off a great weekend. So, yes, I had fun. Um, we will now let's get into some sports enough blabbing about our own personal lives if you know anyone cares but before we get into our main stories about the nfl and deandre hopkins is what we want to get to and um, we don't talk a lot of tennis on the show but you insisted that we have to talk and i i actually want to talk yeah. about especially the men's side of it where it looks sure. like you know even even though i don't watch tennis and you don't really watch tennis either and we're not tennis fans but you have to respect the nadals the Djokovic's of the world those are world-class athletes those are one of the some of the best or the best of all time um, so yep. when I see a, a 20 year old beat one of those guys that catches my eye and it's something to be talked about. So I'll let 100%. you, you know, lead it with the, with, with what went on this weekend in Wimbledon. Well, I, I think you start on the women's side because for the first time in grand slam history, a unranked player won Wimbledon, right? I mean, that's, that's if not, you, if you, in the, if you in the years of head around that, right. In the years of Serena Williams and, and all these, you know, other great, uh, players, you don't see a unranked, no-name player win Wimbledon. That's not. That's just no. not something that happens. I mean, this is the lowest-ranked player, the first unranked player. Her name was Marketa Vondarosova, right? And don't I? We, none of us have ever heard of this woman before, ever. right? No. And goes out and wins Wimbledon. I, I think that's a tremendous accomplishment Crazy. that at least needs some uh recognition yeah. I, that that's unbelievable she won six four six four against the number three player uh uh onus jabur you know again not that i know these people but you know my my parents love tennis more than any your grandparents love tennis more than anything and watch every match of every game and so i get like my little tidbits of who's good and who's not even your grandfather's like this is insane that somebody could have gotten through the ranks and won a grand slam title being an unranked player 
you know, and a 24 yeah. year old, it's not like an 18 year old that nobody knows or some phenom right. that, you know, was just coming out for her first time. This was somebody that was not on anybody's radar, multiple Crazy. hundred to one shot. Like that's unbelievable. On the men's side, you, you listen, you are in the generation that you got to watch, you know, like you just said, Rafael Nadal, yeah. Djokovic, and Andy, uh, Andy R- Roger Federer. Yeah, Roger Federer. Basically, those four guys won every tournament of your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, exactly. And you're you're at a part where Novak Djokovic is one away from being the the number one guy of all time. He's one away from Margaret uh, Maureen Court's overall Grand Slam record. He's one away. He was one away from Wimbledon Federer's record. Like he was right there. I mean, he's had a phenomenal career. And some twenty year old Carlos Alcaraz, who is the new phenom, crazy, right, goes out and goes a five setter and beats him on. Probably Djokovic, if not the best, his second best surface. It, it's amazing. I mean, he's obviously the number one guy in the world now, Carlo, Carlos Alcaraz. But you're watching the changing of the guard. You, exactly. You're watching a player who is going to be for the next ten years the greatest tennis player in the world. Yeah, and then and that's that. That's the that's where I can kind of you know relate just the the you know the sports that that we pay the most attention to the. Brady, the you know Brady going out and Mahomes taking over, you know uh, as as kind of the changing of the guard there. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just kind of you can relate it to that. That this is a guy in Djokovic that it, it, if not, I mean, is he the best tennis men's tennis player of all of all time? Yeah, at, you at can least, very much at, make the argument. At least top two. I mean, you can only yes. put them maybe one or two. So we're talking about you know this is an incredible win by a 20-year-old that now is the number one player at 20 years old, and he strives to now go on a, a career path the same as Djokovic and maybe even pass him you know, by, the, by his time. I, and I think that if you look at the players of this generation now, he's got a really good chance to go on a tremendous Grand Slam right. run. Yep. He, he's exceptionally athletic. He gets to every ball. Like if you watch the highlights, I'm not, I didn't watch the, the match. I watched right. the highlights. There are rallies that you just cannot get the ball past him. He's unbelievably quick. He's got tremendous agility, and he's 20 years old, right? Yeah. I mean, he is going to be around for quite some time. Yeah. So impressive, impressive stuff from, you know, the tennis uh, big tournament, you know, from this weekend in Wimbledon. So yep. had to had to mention some tennis there. Uh, we do have a golf tournament coming up this weekend, the Open. Uh, which is the British yes, Open. Do. So that is a that, that's definitely a big one as these majors in the summer kind of start to uh we get to the last couple ones here. So British Open, you know what I, I'm I'm just thinking back to you know Wyndham Clark a couple weeks ago, you know, wins in a crazy upset there. Is he playing in this one again or, or are we going back to the John Roms and the the McElroys to to at the top? You're going back to the John Roms and the McElroys. Yeah. I, I mean First of all, th- this is th- this is a, a really hard golf course at Royal Liverpool, right? I mean, it, it's the last, the first time they've played it in nine years. It is extraordinarily difficult. You have to be a ball striker. You have to be able to put the ball in the fairway. There's yeah. issues with the uh, the uh, the really high grass. The the ridiculous amount of sand bunkers everywhere like yeah, the, the bunk and the, are aren't, isn't uh, these european courses don't the bunkers just it's like 10 15 foot yeah. bunkers like you can't yeah you, you can't even get it out if you get in 
you're going, yeah, you could literally, it could be over your head. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. So who could win this tournament? You're looking at the top players in the world. Like, I mean, this is definitely the Rory's and the, you know, Ricky Fowler, the way he's playing and Victor Hovland, yeah, the way Fowler's he's playing. playing. And Brooks Kepka could win this, you know, Scotty Scheffler could win this. Like you're, you're going back to the top players. I okay. will put money down. If you gave me the top 15 players in the world and then you gave me the entire field, I would take the top 15. I refuse to go McElroy again. He's let me down too many tournaments in a row. But, but Ricky did, you Fowler, see, wait, I, did you see what he just did, though, last this weekend? He won no. the Scottish Open. Again, mm. not like, oh, my God, he won the Scottish Open. But he did it getting – like, he had a birdie the last two holes to win, and he birdied the last two holes to win. And he hit a drive. Are you ready for this? 427 yards. Jeez. That's – 427? Four, I didn't know Rory had that in him. 427. I didn't know, I didn't know now, he, he had, had a little roll, but And he got a little wind behind him. I have never hit a drive 300, let alone 427. Yeah, Rory is not my pick, but Ricky Fowler, I did just see win a tournament a couple weeks ago, and he's been on a roll. So I will roll with Ricky it. Fowler. So that's my that's my. Pick I am go going. With. I am going to go out on a limb, and I am going to say, watch out for Colin Morikawa this week. Wow, Colin Morikawa. I like the pick. Good, good golfer. Yep. All right, let's get to yep. NFL. Uh, before we get to our running backs that we've been talking about with their contract situations, uh, the biggest news from this weekend, we finally got a DeAndre Hopkins signing on Sunday. He signs with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, two years, $26 million is the base salary. Could be up to two years, $32 million with incentives, with yardage, yardaging and receptions, uh, which he, he, he slots into a team where he is the number one guy. There is, this sure. is a, this is a, lackluster offense as it stands right now. It's Derrick Henry and nobody else. I mean, if you, mm -hmm. if you want to believe Traylon Burks has a breakout second year and he had some moments in his rookie year as he was battling injury, whatever, at, um, at least three you, or four, right? You could, yeah, exactly. You could <laughs> think that you could think Traylon Burks has a, you know, somewhat of a, a breakout year there, but there's no clear cut. Number one, this team doesn't have a, you know, a, a number one tight end. It's, it's O'Connor, a quo who had decent mm -hmm. games last year, but isn't anything defenses are worrying about. And, and Ryan Tannehill is, is now going to be 34, 35. And there's just no, there, this offense puts no stress on the, on the opposing defense besides, you know, we're going to hand it off to Derrick Henry 30 times a game. Sure. This is, this is a big signing for the Titans in that they get that number one option. They get DeAndre Hopkins. I believe he's he's focused. He's motivated to make this work and and get back on track. Yeah, I I don't think DeAndre Hopkins. This is going to be like Julio Jones when he went to the Titans. Julio Jones was already on his way out. I, I don't think yeah. this will be like that. You know, you go back to to some other wide receivers that that ended their time on the Titans. Randy Moss was already on his way out. I, I don't think we're, this is that situation. DeAndre Hopkins, I will say, will is still in his prime. Top 10 sure. wide receiver when he's on the field, when he stays healthy, he was on pace for, I think, 1,300 no yards last year, 1,400 yards if he stayed healthy. Like, I, 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 for the Titans, I love this signing because at least they're, they're getting better. They addressed their biggest need, was, which was an offensive weapon to give Tannehill, or if Tannehill doesn't work out, Will Levis, a good enough options with, with DeAndre Hopkins, I was your one, and I'm fine with Traylon Burks being your number two. I think he will benefit a lot from this signing. So the Titans... Sure. To be able to get DeAndre Hopkins with all these other contenders involved, it was a very well done, good signing. 
Now, from DeAndre Hopkins' perspective here, this is what we told you. He wanted money. He wanted to get his last big contract that he's going to get possibly in his career. Uh, and mm-hmm. he did just that. No one else was going to pay him $13 million, million over two years. I'm sure he got some one-year $15 million with incentives with a base salary right. of 9 or 10 or 11 from the Chiefs and the Bills. But he wanted stability. He wanted the opportunity to go to a team that – you know, isn't the worst of the worst. I, I don't put the Titans in the Cardinals commanders category, but they're oh. also not a contender in the AFC, but he goes to a team that's probably safe for him to at least approach a thousand, you know, 1200 yards. If he, if he does stay healthy for a full season. And after he makes this money in the, after two years here, quite possibly he could strike another decent deal, you know, to really end his career. So it, it's, it's interesting from the fact that I, I don't see him making the Titans that much better in terms of wins, um, but he needed he he went for the money. It's a good business decision for DeAndre, sure. and I and I also like it from the Titans. They're being aggressive. They're trying to match that AFC powerhouse um, and, and try to you know stay competitive in a division that we know is uh, every can year be, is, can be you, you never you never know what's going to happen. I I agree with everything you said. Right, I mean. If he could have made more money from somewhere else, he would have signed somewhere else. Yeah. But $32 million dollars potential yeah. is going – yeah. The fact that the Patriots didn't sign him, I think, is a tremendous – I want to talk about that after. Big speak, speak about okay. you know, what your thoughts, mistake. and then we need to talk about the Patriots because yeah. that's terrible. So, so you're absolutely right. It's a winnable division, right? Jacksonville is on the, uh, on, on the come. I mean, they're definitely they're, moving they're the, up. They're the favorites. Heavy, they should win sure. this division, but, but it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> It's the right. and, and, like, and they could they and they're not going to go running away with with 14 13 no, 12 wins right happen. no you're right. the Indianapolis Colts are, are a mess and and you know with Anthony Richardson you don't know what you're getting so you do still have a window of opportunity with Derrick Henry and with their yep. defense you right to try to win yep. the division and you're absolutely right what was their biggest blaring glaring need it was the fact that they didn't have a number one guy Anthony, I mean, uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins can still catch the ball. DeAndre Hopkins can still be a guy catching eight to ten balls a game for 100 yards. Traylon Burks will now be left alone to run post routes and deep, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. runs down the, the field. And you could throw the ball up to him every once in a while. But Traylon Burks was never going to be a 100-yard guy no, with he... you know, eight to ten receptions. Yeah. So I, I love the idea. I think it gives Ryan Tannehill, which, quite honestly, I think you're absolutely right. This is really giving Will Levis – an option for a number one guy to throw to because Ryan Levis, uh, Ryan Levis, I'm getting the two guys. Come on. Uh, Will Levis will take that starting job at some point this year. I, I don't think, I think, I think that's inevitable. Uh, just, yeah. just because the Titans, when I look at the Titans and I'm not even really looking at schedule, you know, not that it, it entirely matters right now, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a little difficult. I'm, I'm just looking right now. You know, they got to mm-hmm. they, they start with the Saints and the Chargers, you know, the Bengals. Oh, like, ter- yeah, just a, a tough schedule. Brutal, brutal start for, for the Titans there. So I'm already thinking, and I, and I, and I again, I don't think the Titans are bottom of the barrel, going to be a bottom five team in the league. They're still going to win divisional games. They own the Houston Texans. They usually can beat the Colts. Like, they're going to win games like yep. that. They're going to beat up on, on, on worse teams. So I still just see this team getting seven maybe eight wins, you know, staying around that, that, that 500 mark. Uh, but, but th- this is a, you know, this is a team that's kind of, they're kind of stuck, you know, and, and I, I, with that hard schedule, I see them starting one and three, one and four, 
And, and I can't see how you start like that. Ryan Tannehill is probably going to be a reason they start like that. And I yep. agree with you. Will Levis takes over week six to eight, you know, and has half a season this, for, for them to assess what they have in, right. in, in Will Levis. We're not there with breaking the team down completely yet. But, I mean, just no. on the periphery, the defense is good enough to keep them in games. Their yeah. running game, if Derrick Henry doesn't have this horrific slide, which I think he might, but that's just me. Uh, could, But you don't think so, and neither no, does anybody else in the NFL. So their running game should still be powerful. You've given them a number one option for a guy who can catch the ball, and especially on critical third downs. Why, why can't this team win? Were, weren't games? the Titans five and two to start the year last year? I believe okay. they had to win one more game out of their final five, four or five to win the division. And then they went on a four game losing streak and the Jags went on a four game winning streak to win. So we're not yeah. talking about a team that was terrible last year. They all they had to do huh? was win one game and they were a playoff team. They probably lose to the Chargers in that first round, you know, and don't have the crazy I, comeback that the Jags had. Yeah. But this is a borderline playoff team last year that. You know, it hasn't that team? The roster didn't really change. That team was except on a adding roll DeAndre Hopkins un, now. Until Harold Landry blew his knee out. Yeah, that was right? a big I mean, piece of their defense. That it that was they huge. Def, it, it was just a hole that they couldn't fit, fill. Yeah, and and you know, we watched a Monday. I think it was a Monday night game or a Thursday night game where the defense was so incredible. Like I think they had like six, seven sacks. They yeah. the other team couldn't move the, the ball, and the week later, defense, Harold Landry. Yeah, blue is neat. You know, like yeah, the rush defense Simmons was is, unbelievable. The rush defense is top ten. They have a group, yeah. great pass rush. It was top five last year. You know, it allows their their they have good safety group. Their corner group is a little rough, and I believe they lost. Mm-hmm. Did they lose Landry in uh, in free agency? I think they did. Yeah, I this think they season. Did. So yeah, so yeah. their linebacking crew, their cornerbacks hurt. The defense could take a step back, but again, this is. With the running game, the way they control the clock, if you take less pressure off Tandil or Levis, if Derrick Henry can consistently, you know, do what he's been what he's been doing his whole career, this team's going to find a way to win games. And right. DeAndre Hopkins comes in, and the possibility of Will Levis stepping in with with a guy like that, and and maybe he performs well. Who knows in the AFC South what can happen? So yeah, I will no, I will end on this. I, just, I love the Titans' aggressiveness with getting. With, yeah, with getting Hopkins and and competing, I love the signing. Listen, it it was a no brainer for the Titans to make this move. They had the cap room, they had the need, mm-hmm. right? It makes all the sense in the world. Where I'm shocked is that Hopkins wanted to play there, right? Yeah. I mean, again, and, money goes a long way. I guess the differential between that and the second team that wanted to you know bring him on was too big of a, a gap. But when you look at your options out there, and again, we'll just tie this into how is he not a Patriot? I don't, I don't understand how he's not. I just don't know because when you talk about, if you ask why he's not a chief or a bill, the obvious answer is that the the deal mm. was basically a ring chasing deal. You're talking about yeah. six, seven, maybe eight million dollar in base salary. Yeah, with wouldn't some incentive. Like it just wouldn't made any sense for where he is in his. He's not in that point in his career yet. Like we were, like we've been right. saying, he's not Julio but, Jones, <laughs> right? But the Patriots don't make any sense. They add nope. the cap room. They have no excuse. They could have made this work if they wanted to for two years, you know, uh, thirteen million, you know, if, possibly a fifteen, sixteen Jones, incentives. Give uh, him and, a chance, Mac Jones. You, this is a prove it year for him. It, it just that it makes no sense. Zero. On sense. top of that, on top I don't, of that, and, and like, hold on. But what you hear about yeah. Bill Bill Belichick being on the hot seat. This is for good reason. This is a 
This is a bad move on on. There was obviously some some money, something that they wouldn't budge on, and and I don't understand the stubbornness from a Patriots team that's going to win seven games if they're lucky this year. But that's the other piece of it is that Belichick and Hopkins get along really well. So like like yeah. all the all the signs were pointing that this could be a that really had a good great union. visit. I think he had two yeah. visits. I don't. I don't it. know. I guess we'll never know. Belichick, interesting dude. Very interesting. He's an interesting so, dude. I don't. I think the Will Patriots is, screwed up there, but he's a Titan now, so we'll have to see how titan. he produces. Let's move on here. Actually, before we end with the running backs, yep. I've been watching, and I told you about this last night, the new Netflix <laughs> series called Quarterback, uh, which is about follows Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. Uh, throughout this past season they go week by week i think it's eight episodes i'm pretty sure i'm halfway through it fantastic i mean this is this is a new way of watching football uh this is the mic behind the scene kind of thing this is so well done so interesting for a for fans for you know people that have played the sport uh for people that that you know have played quarterback before just to hear uh, hear and see the insight of the game what they go through especially uh, 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 Kirk Cousins, Mariota is a little different because this was more of a bounce back year, just following him coming from bench to now having the starter. And we know he didn't play great. And now he's back to a bench role. But I want to focus on mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes because they had amazing years last year. Mahomes obviously winning the uh, the Super Bowl. And then Cousins, you know, had, had won 13 games last year. And the Vikings had a, a magical season. But their week to, to week, you know, grind is unreal. You would never know it. They, you know, it doesn't get talked about in the media. They don't boast about it, whatever. But the work that Patrick, it, it, it isn't a uh, a coincidence. Patrick Mahomes is 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 no. the way he is. The way this guy trains is unlike any other athlete you know to ever play the sport. The movements he does, the training, the you think the sidearm throws are just natural? No, he practices it. He bends his. He works on flexibility and and. Uh, he uh, he had an in, there was an interview with his with him and his trainer and his trainers talking about working on building fibers in and and muscle memory <laughs> it was just stuff you would never think of like these guys are putting in the work Kirk Cousins you know uh, he was the most hit quarterback in the NFL last year he you know week through week he's getting killed you see bruises on his ribs his arms and stuff the the treatment he has to do chiropractic treatment every single day. Cold, cold tub treatment every single day, massage treatment every day. Like on top of learning plays, game planning for the week, it's, it's insane. I, I, it opened my eyes to to the respect, the respect for these guys. And it, and, and these are just two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks. I'm sure, you know, every starting quarterback is, is doing this to some degree, but the reason these guys are the best at their, at their position and our franchise quarterbacks, like it is no secret. These guys, the grind and the work that they put in is unbelievable. And then on top of all of that, you see the the mic'd up, the in-game uh, decision-making, the play calling, what yep. the coach to QB conversations there, the game planning. It's it's so well done. It's excellent. I, I This should be something that goes on every year. And uh, all I want next year, they, they re- I believe they said they're going to do it this year again, but they haven't released the quarterbacks. I would love to see this year a Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, that NFC East, that would be awesome mm-hmm. just to see those mm-hmm. three. So it's really awesome. I recommend if you're a football fanatic like we are, it's it's awesome. It's just cool to, you know, to see. I, I See, you are bringing content the people need. 
Yeah. Because quite honestly, until you mentioned it to me yesterday, I didn't even know it was a documentary. Right. And a lot of people and a lot of people didn't even know about it. They're like what like Patrick Mahomes, like, no way he did something. No, like if yeah. you if you're a fan of Patrick Mahomes, who isn't, you have to watch this. On top of if I would actually say this, if you're a hater on Kirk Cousins, watch this. You'll be turned into a yeah. fan. Because Kirk Cousins, <laughs> unreal. The work ethic this dude puts in, the you know, how great of a just a teammate and a and a a person that he is, it'll turn you into a Kirk Cousins fans. And Mar and Marcus Mariota, yeah, he didn't have the best year last year, but the journey that he's been through, his story, it's really cool to you know to see. So I recommend it. Nice. Very well done, you know, by Netflix. So this is this Netflix. is what it's the new way of watching football. You know, uh, this insider, uh, you know, the technology we have today is is just making the yeah. game even better. You know, it's amazing is Netflix is doing such a good job with sports documentaries, right? Great Full job. swing. For golf, is yeah, I still gotta watch that. I've humble. only, I have to watch that. Oh. It's it, it's as good as you're probably making quarterbacks to be for football, yeah. like, and it's the it, same it, type of thing going through their everyday yeah. lives. You know, it's it's yeah. awesome. And then Last yeah. Dance it's, was unreal, you know it, right? You know what it's doing? It's it's humanizing athletes, right? Exactly. We we put them through this crazy it's, lens, and we exactly. actually get to see that we that they're actually people, and that's cool. I mean, there's a whole episode that they don't even talk about football with Patrick Mahomes. It's just him. He's about to be, you know, he's already a dad. He's about to have his second kid and just him, you know, the one day off he has a week going and spending family time, you know, with his, with his wife and his, his kids. So it's just, it, it's yeah. exactly what we said, humanizing, just showing that it's not all, you know, they just go to the make club 50 and, million and, and make throw, throw bands and get <laughs> girls. And then, Oh, it's Sunday. Yeah. Let's just throw the foot. It's not yeah. like that. It's ridiculous. Nope. And, and it's put in perspective how hard these guys work. And, you know, it's making me think the Vikings, I think they're, you know, being a little overhated on. Like, Kirk Cousins is, is as determined to win as anyone. And he, he's a little pissed off from his, you know, early exit last year to the, the Giants. So, might be thinking about the NFC North, you know, a little more. Hey, I have bets galore that the Detroit Lions will not win the, wet, the North. So, I, I need Minnesota to show yeah. up. I, I like that bet. So. Yep. Getting to nice. uh, getting to the running backs and continuing backs. our conversation from last week, we spent a lot of time on Saquon Barkley because he was the focal point of, you know, this deal isn't going to get done by this deadline that actually just happened a couple hours ago uh, that we're recording this. Uh, the extension deadline going into the season for for franchise tag players. As of as of the deadline passing, Tony Pollard does not have an extension. Uh, although he nope. did sign the tag, so he's a little different than these two guys we'll talk about. But Josh Jacobs didn't get an extension, and Saquon Barkley, in fact, did not get an extension. So let's start with nope. the, the before we get to Pollard because he's in a different situation. The two guys that had uh, you could argue two best running backs in the league last year. Josh Jacobs nope. won the rushing title, and Saquon Barkley carried his team to a playoff win. I, I'll nope. say the two best running backs in the league last year got franchise tagged and have not signed the tag and didn't get an extension, did not get a contract offer that they thought was up to their value. And, and it wasn't, you know, teams were pretty open about that. They're not really paying running backs right now. So we're going to, we're oh, going yeah. into the season where the Raiders don't have Josh Jacobs and the giants don't have Saquon Barkley. They both won't report to training camp. And this is, we're getting ready for a holdout uh, of, of what extent we don't know yet, but a holdout, you know, nonetheless. Wait. See, this is the part that, that I don't get, okay? You want to deal with holdouts and things like that? You had to come to an agreement by today. 
Yeah. Right. They have to start the season and play on the tag now. So it's either you play on the tag or you hold out and say, screw you, team. I'm going yeah. to hurt you. And but and there's no the, but there's no long term deal that can be made. So what's the holdout right. doing? It's right? it's a tough it, it it's a tough kind of situation because do you play on the tag? Do you risk injury and all that for for something that's not of your value? You know, do Le- you risk Bell, it for eleven million dollars? But, but here's the thing, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, there was a very interesting article because we always bring him his situation up in actually starting all of this all those years ago. He had a yep. he had an article that I was reading that he he regrets it. He regrets it 100%. Uh, He says, you know, his recommendation to running backs now is, you know, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's a mistake that I wish I could go back and and do all over again. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I think the days of Le'Veon Bell, you know, of holding out a weeks and into a uh, whole season, that's just not realistic of what's going to happen. Saquon Barkley still needs to play. Because he loves New York and New York loves it's him. It's eleven and, million dollars, and, and it's eleven million dollars, and he needs a contract next year. So if he doesn't play, I don't see how that contract gets any better. Josh Jacobs, yep. same same deal. Had a great year last year. Should have gotten paid, but it's not it's not the market right now for running backs. And he is, you know, as much as they will sit out training camp and might not even show up till week one, you know, there. I'd like to think that they show up at least. Saquon Barkley shows up. Josh Jacobs. Could we see something where he forces a trade out of out of Las Vegas? That team's going to suck this year. I don't know if he exactly loves the situation the Raiders are in right now. Saquon, I believe, will report there. He'll play week one. It's, I don't think that's so, his type of motive, but Josh Jacobs could get interesting. I, I got a couple things. First of all, do you know when the last time a running back signed a long-term deal with an average value over $10 million a year? I, I mean, I would... Yes, Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey. No, it's it's Nick Chubb in 2021. 716 days ago was the last time a running back got a $10 million a year multi-year contract. The Mm -hmm. running back market in free agency this year, we were talking about it over and over again. David Montgomery, $6 million a year, right? Miles Sanders, less than $6 million. Jamal Williams had like 15 touchdowns this year, three years, 12 million. Four years, four four million a year. Right. We're talking about running back markets now that are in the four to six range. So so I understand where a team is like, I can't pay Saquon more than 11. Right. Maybe I could have paid him 12 or 13. But when you start asking for 15, 16, 17 million dollars a year, when you play a style of of football now, which has two, three, four, five running backs. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean. It just does, you can't build a team anymore. It doesn't, the make, yeah, it doesn't make sense. The quarterbacks have taken so much of the cap room that it has caused such angst for the running backs. Yep. And, and that is a shame. Don't get me wrong. I am not in agreement with it. I don't think any player should take, you know, 15, 20% of the cap, you know, and it's just think it's ridiculous. You want to have but a salary just, cap. That's just how it is. Then, then you, you know, but good teams know how to manage it better by not paying your quarterback $50 million a year and still are able to put a team together. Unless you're like the Kansas City Chiefs and you have the greatest quarterback of all time and you could put a 10th or 7th round Isaiah Pacheco back there and be yeah. just fine. Exactly. So it's, right, like we said, you it's a crazy. You, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have Mahomes right. and have Derrick Henry. It doesn't work. Yeah. And doesn't. you can't have. And you can't have uh, Daniel Jones, who signs a major deal, right, and, that's, and, and Saquon Barkley, killer money. The, the Raiders situation is even different than the Giants situation because 
they just the Giants decided to to pay Daniel Jones. They didn't have to. You know, I know he had a great uh, his best year yet, but we we all know there's a ceiling to Daniel Jones. We're not expecting him to be a. We're not even calling him a top four, top five QB in that NFC. Like they decided to go with the QB over Saquon Barkley, and they decided that the Raiders, on the other hand, they're paying Jimmy G. You know, really nothing. He's a he's making you know average QB money. Uh, you know, yep. Devonte Adams is out there, but he's their only wide receiver. Like they, they could, they could pay J- Josh Jacobs if they wanted to, but they're just, it's not in their interest right now to pay a running back that just had, Eze- you know, a breakout season. They don't know what's going to come next. Ezekiel Elliott screwed everybody. Everyone. He really did. Everyone. And it because- sucks to say, because, because it, the, the first two years of that deal, we were saying it's the best deal ever. And then it just took a sure. nosedive. And it just kind of ruined it. Of course, everything. it's going to take a nosedive. How many running backs can go six, seven years of continuous well, there, you know, there productivity? Is some. There is some. No, I know. But and what I'm saying Zeke is, could how, do ma- it? how many of them can who get the ball as much as Zeke, who have to do the hard, dirty work inside the tackles, inside the guard area, right? Where the punishment of the body, especially the yeah. lower body, takes its toll. Right? right when you're when you're Christian McCaffrey and like your biggest injury is like you roll your ankle, right? It's different than when you're like the guy who slams the and, middle of, of, and of the line all day long. Yeah, that that's the part I brought up in the beginning of this episode that I wanted to talk about was: Are we going to see? You brought up: Are we going to see running back switch positions in the future? And I don't think we're going to see that. But you know what we're going to see? Oh, I bet you will. Gonna, you know, I, we we're going to see that. But I'm saying what we're going to see more of is more Austin Eckler, CMC type of players where your most valuable asset has to be catching the ball and receiving the ball out of the backfield rather than taking those punishing plays between the tackles, you know? That's that's where the longevity is going to come into. We've already seen the NFL move in that direction. Right, and we're going to see it even more. You know, these these ground and pound run, even perfect example, we were were even talking about this when we did the running backs list and I made the case for Derrick Henry is going to even get better. Derrick Henry never caught more than 10 passes before this past year in his, in his career. He was a down nose running back. There's no reason for him to catch the ball, but you know, as, as he, you know, gets older and he realizes he has to add more value to his team. He got 34 passes last year. Like he, he yep. even a guy that's never caught 10 in his career, even noticed that he has to add that to his game. So every running back, no matter what is going to start adding that to their game. And eventually we're going to see a league, five, 10 years down the road, that majority running backs, 20 out of the 32 starters are CMC Eckler type of, you know, two-way running backs. Because also, guess what? They don't really build them like Derrick Henry very often. No, not a lot. Speed, legs the size of, you know, like tree trunks. You know, I mean, Derrick Henry is a specimen, a physical specimen. You don't carve that very often. And and guys who are light versions of Derrick Henry are not making it through the league for three or four years. Like a perfect example, right? When um, the guy on the New England Patriots, Damian Harris, mm-hmm. right? Or I don't know where I think he's a free agent right now. But when he came in the league, I mean, obviously he came from Alabama. He looked like Derrick Henry. He ran like Derrick Henry. The problem is he's not built like Derrick Henry. No, he's not. You know? Uh, yeah. And but he emulated his game over Derrick Henry, and he's basically almost out of the league now. Because yep. he can't stay healthy. He's just the pounding that he's taking. He is, is yep. taking tremendous toll on him on that body. Yep. 
and it's tough. Uh, it's it, it's tough to tough to see the running backs with with short lived careers. But you have one other guy with in Tony Pollard that we have to get to of our Cowboys who didn't reach an extension, but he's already signed the tag. There's no holding out of camp. There's no real drama there. I, I think his situation is more of a let's see how this plays out. He, he is Tony Pollard. This is his first year as a starting running back. Whether you want to say. He was the starter last year is more effective than Zeke. He doesn't have a, a guy right. to worry about in front of him to split carries. Like Tony Pollard will be healthy by week one coming off an injury. Yes, but they, they say he's, he's fine and he's healthy and he'll be in training camp. Tony Pollard has to prove number one back, you know, 20 plus carries a game. Also receiving the ball, staying healthy for 17 games is going to have to earn that contract. And then at the end of the season, I think both teams will, will look at each other and say, is this, do we, do we do this again? Do we do the Zeke situation yep. again? Do we pay another running back? I don't, I have well, you mixed could feelings franchise, about you it. Could, you, could you could franchise, franchise him again, again. For, 12, for 12 and a half million, which yeah. is not that big of a, a jump from where it is this year. You know, the, the thing you also have to remember about Tony Pollard is if Tony Pollard had hit free agency, yeah. right? Based on what everybody, what Miles Sanders got, what, you know, David Montgomery got and Jamal Williams and everybody else that we talked about, he would be making $6 million yeah. a year. Maybe eight. so he's maybe maybe like maybe. If, he, if he hit the lottery, yeah. he's making eleven this year, right. right? I mean, guaranteed eleven million dollars this year, and, and that's I, what you I'm, can't you can't you can't turn your 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 nose up at that. But that's what I'm saying is is nobody qu is questioning Tony Pollard's ability, and every, I'm sure everyone thinks he's gonna have a great year. I think he's gonna have a great year, but sure. he also has he hasn't shown it over a full over a full season being the number one guy. He's got to prove that he deserves number one you know, type running, uh, running back money. And, and if he does, you know, and the Cowboys look at it and say, we're not going to make the same mistake twice. Like another team, I'm sure will pay him 10 million, you know, next, next off season. You know, if, I don't think so. If he has I a great year, he's so, still age. young. He hasn't, he hasn't, you know, he's in a, a different situation. Like I'm saying, because he hasn't had the full workload. He's young. Okay. You know, he, he offers kick returning ability. AJ, let's look at it this way. If Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, right. And the list goes on and on cannot garner $10 million contracts for multi-year term, you're never going to see it again, right? Yeah. You're not going to see it with Tony Pollard. You're not going to see it with Dalvin Cook. You're not going to see it with, uh, I'm trying to think of the other running back that's out there, uh, uh, Kareem Hunt. None of these guys can command that kind of money because nobody is, like they don't have the longevity of career that everyone would expect if you're going to pay that kind of money. Nobody has the cap to put 11, 12, 14 million at work multi-year, you know, for a running back. I think that you're going to see a market that the, the, the running backs are going to be in that six to eight million. A great running back might get nine to 10 and that's it. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's far-fetched to believe that there are players in college right now who have Tony Pollard's skills and the mm -hmm. speed and the hands that go, hey, coach, put me at wide receiver. Right. Yeah. Whereas you had like an Antonio Gibson on the on Washington who went from wide receiver to running back. I think you're going to see people going in the uh -huh. opposite direction and saying, flank me out, coach. I'll play receiver because that's where the money is in the NFL. Right. So what's the deal now? Do you go, uh, you know, if the, the do, you, do you start looking at Matt Breida for the Giants running back? Uh, is Kenyon Drake still on the, the Raiders? Like so a significant drop off from uh, from Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Significant. Yes. Tough, tough situation. Do you want to win? Do you want your best guy out there? You know, if, if that, the answer is yes, you're going to have to overpay, you know, and take the fall later in the future. But if you don't 
teams are teams are right now they're standing pat and they refuse mm-hmm. to make the wrong financial decision which is yeah. probably the smartest choice a hundred percent and you know what as a cowboy fan i'm gonna say it one more time saquon take your time figure this out right. and in the week two make your decision and on on on, on totally tony pollard <laughs> Just yep. what, like, because I'm, I go back and forth in terms of like, what, what if Tony Pollard goes out, you know, has 1,300 yards this year on the ground, has another 300, 400 on the, uh, on the through the air, has 10, 12 touchdowns. You know, the Cowboys have a great year. Finally, get to an NFC Championship. Like, what, what you know, if it, I know the fran, but let's act like the franchise tag. You can't do it for another year. Like, do you? Yeah. Do, what what's would I do? going through Jerry Jones' mind? What, five years, forty million dollars. 32 guaranteed. It's fine with That's me. That's what I offer. But I didn't saying. ask about you. I asked about Jerry Jones, who knows, who I, knows he messed up. You know, put yourself but, in Jerry Jones' shoes. He knows he messed up with the Zeke, you know, contract. And I know he messed you, up because he did a six years, $96 million contract. But again, I know it won't be like that. But you're still, you know, paying running. They don't want to pay running backs anything now. I understand that. You're going to have to pay stars. I'm not saying you can't pay stars. But if mm-hmm. you offered a five-year deal where 30 of it was guaranteed and you had a fifth-year option to, to get $40 million, why wouldn't Tony Pollard be like, yep, that works for me. $40 million over the next eight, uh, five years? I, I'm yeah. good to stay. I think I'd rather have, you know, focus on that conversation later and hope he has a good year rather than Tony Pollard having a bad year and then we have to talk about other things, so. I think I'd rather ha- well, have had, the conversation he, of extending it. If he has a bad year, he has no leverage for anything, yeah. and you can offer him a ba- a bagel and some, you know, and some locks. I mean, th- he needs to have a good season just to have a conversation. All right, all right. That is our Tuesday episode. We'll come back Friday, and I believe, you know, unless mm-hmm. we decide to do anything else, I'll just say second to last, second to last NFL list. You know, coming coming yeah. Friday. So uh, yep. our, our NFL content for the summer winding down, but in less than two weeks, we will have August and we'll be, uh, we'll officially be a month away. And we will be starting training camps. I mean, the hall of fame game is right around the corner. feels like it's right around the corner. <laughs>